text for the sermon this afternoon is Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30. And this is what you hear as a telling of the parable that we read, then done in explanation of that parable by Christ. So look at these verses. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things that might strike us as we look at our text, the parable and then the explanation, is why did they need the explanation? It seems pretty straightforward. Even if the Lord Jesus had not given us the explanation, we probably would have been able to figure out what different parts of the parable represented. The disciples needed it explained. Now, as we think about that, I think one of the things you and I would think that they were quite a simple group of people intelligent, they must be smart, maybe they are, or we can say, maybe there's more going on here, maybe the Lord Jesus was saying something in this parable that was completely unexpected, and that's really what we need to see. See, the Lord Jesus was not acting or speaking the way Messiah was supposed to speak and act. supposed to be the kingdom of Israel. The Messiah was supposed to restore that kingdom to its glory. Israel thought at that, in that time that the Lord would restore Israel to be what it was when David was king. Israel would be glorified among the nations. We sang Psalm 87 earlier. Nations would scream for Israel. speaking about a kingdom that was planted in the hearts of listeners. We saw that in the parable of the sower. And not only that, when the Messiah came, he was supposed to get rid of all those opposed to the kingdom. sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one, or are we supposed to expect somebody else? This is John the Baptist. Did he fully understand what was going on, why things were different than he had expected? John had said that the axe was at the root of the tree, but yet here Jesus goes and bringing the word to the kingdom. People are rejecting him. Why is there evil? Why is 
where in this world, why do people who exist, why do those who are opposed to God, why are they allowed to continue to exist? Why do we have to deal with evil right now, right today? Especially today when our faith is, is under attack, when we feel so defeated, the church seems so soft and surprised all this, and how long? something that the church has always had, and it has always been there. Can we address that question right now? The answer to prayer is provided with only answers are for us. Maybe in truth that means that we seek to have confidence in the fact that we can be the instruments in which God does. We seek to present the invitation for the fullness of the kingdom. place, there's an invitation for the fullness of the kingdom. Jesus is inviting us to have confidence in the expectation of the kingdom. He tells them that he's waiting for the fullness of his kingdom. Now, there are two parts to that question.
being a sucker for it. He does not build and seek to tear down. He stands. It looks like he stands. Those who are evil beings like that are created Especially that he's telling us that in first verse 33, he had seeking of the righteous and he shall have it. The heart of man shall have it. This is seeking to plow evil and get rid of it. God rejects it. Not just by the problem, that's his choice. He does so for the sake of the whole creation.
30 back in verse 28 is the supplication that Paul wants. Okay? If you want to see evil taken care of right now, Thank you. 
marvel called Faustus. His character in that play Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles was a messenger from King Philip. He wrote to Faustus and said, Do you have a gift to tell me? Philip answered, Let no one sell his soul for a bill of goods. about hell. What is it like? He actually questions whether or not it even exists. And Mephistopheles says these words, Why this is hell, nor am I out of it. Thinkest thou that I, who saw the face of God, tasted the eternal joys of heaven, am not tormented with ten thousand hells in being deprived of everlasting Somehow hell would be a place where we felt as one who has been had loved, but then lost it and is tormented by it. But we have to question that question. It sounds very nice, sounds positive. But where does truth get the edges? Does the heart of the unbeliever really chase hell? One scholar has put it, nowhere in Scripture is there the suggestion that there would be repentance in hell. Behind this idea of eternal regret and sorrow in hell, this idea of eternal repentance, is this idea that someone would come to genuine faith and love of God apart from the redeeming and renewing work of the Lord. confronted by the reality of God. Now behind that logic, of course, is what James points out, that even the devil says that he's weakened and failed in Christ. Sorrow. 
like doing all the dumb things. Those who reject God, when they see it, when they are confronted by the sun, become to gather the harvest. They cannot see him as one who they now suddenly love. No, they will see him as one they hate. There will be this anger at him. just mad at them that they did it. For instance, when you get a ticket and you were speeding, how could I write you a ticket? You're going 20 over. I was going 20 over. So mad. Or when our parents do something to us, we deserved it. We're so mad. That's the picture that the Lord Jesus is painting for all of us. Those who have been that he is who he said he is, they are mad. The world doesn't want God at all. Well, the world wants a God who will give them what they want, but a God who does not give them what they want. That's the God they hate. gives to people, in spite of all the resistance that that truth happens, those who do not love Christ, they will be punished, they will be seen as It's hard for us to see that. We talked earlier about see that as we face 
their rejection of God that's what Ted means by that we must see that their rejection does not change God they have gone where they have chosen to go that's what this group
something over others that we can't do to worship you. Help us to stay appropriate with you. Let's go better. This word to stay appropriate with you.
Psalm 73, verse 3. 